new on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Show, the place where WEEI.com's Rob Bradford talks all things that interest him. Some of which you might just want to listen to. So sit back and soak in another episode of the soon-to-be award-winning show a whole bunch of people are talking about. Bradford Show. Here's Rob Bradford. Welcome to another edition of the Bradford Show, sponsored as always by Ghoul's Distinctive Clothing. Help New England Insurance to the finest institutions you will find anywhere. Today, we are honored, honored in studio, in the Bradfoe Show studio, podcast studio, Turtle Boy, who has been on our show before, and but not live. So uh, how does this feel? How does it feel to be here live? Feels great. Uh, first time in the studio. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Really uh, appreciate just, it. The air is, air is thick with anticipation, isn't it? It's it's excellent in there. You know, <laughs> I just saw Fourier. It's very exciting. Well, well, oh, yeah, listen, oh, yeah. listen, I mean, that what what bigger thrill can you have than Can't. walking oh, yeah. by and seeing Christian Aladdin, Fourier? Super Bowl champion. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, so uh, thanks for coming in, Turtle Boy. I thanks appreciate it. And um, what we're going to talk about today is is a pretty interesting subject. The Hall of Fame induction just happened just recently, but that doesn't mean we can't start start. We have to stop talking about it because what we're going to talk about is is really the Hall of Fame voting going forward. We had all these guys come in this year, pitchers, some really big pitchers, but Hall of Fame voting is going to change, and the dynamic is going to change because of the environment of baseball, because of the elimination of performance-enhancing drugs. We talk about the, not, the drop-off in home runs and the change from lack of pitching to lack of hitting. We have to start incorporating this into how we're looking at the Hall of Fame, right? Absolutely. I mean, I was just looking at the numbers, we're going to have to start lowering the standards majorly uh, about 10 years from now. We're not going to have 
200 win pitchers anymore. And the 300 win pitchers, those are done for good. You will not. Ne- I'm convinced you'll never see one again. Yeah. But we're talking about 200 might be hard to eclipse. We're gonna and for home runs, you know, it used to be a little 450, 500 for mm-hmm. a power. I mean, we're gonna have to start talking guys with 350 between to 400 home runs are gonna be. That's gonna be the new bar. Yeah, and even a guy like Chris Davis who knocked who who rips out 50 last year, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, where'd that go? Yeah. The, the consistency of home runs is just a thing of the past. But before we get into that, let's start with the Red Sox. It's a, it seems like a good place to start because Absolutely. that's what people are interested in. And the people who we did a column, or actually Kirk Minahan did a column a couple of years ago for us about the, what players on the Red Sox had chances to get in the Hall of Fame. Now, that was the 2011 team, and there was a bunch of them, right? Yeah. There was the Adrian Gonzalez's of the world. There was... Yeah. Uh, well, even even Carl Crawford had entered in the conversation. Believe it or not, then. Oh, geez, yeah, no, and but that th- just shows you right there. But, I mean, he was back then. Carl Crawford was uh, second amongst active players behind Juan Pierre in stolen bases, and he was projecting to be one of the best base stealers of all time. Didn't work out that way, I guess. No. I mean, that just shows you, though, that what, the hardest part about baseball is because it's such a long season is to not get hurt. Yes. Because to, to make the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, you have to have, I would say, between 12 and 15 years of good, solid, really good production to get in. Because seven or eight year career, I mean, that's just not, I mean, Mark Teixeira's had a good seven or eight year career. He's not going to get in the it's Hall a, of Fame. It's a great point. And because we get so wrapped up into guys saying, look at their performance, look at their performance for the last two, three, four years. But you're absolutely right. I mean, these guys are dropping off cliffs, and in large part, probably because of the performance. I mean, doesn't stuff. it make you think? I mean, you might, I might get crucified for saying this, but Kyle Ripken played an X amount of straight games, right? Uh, consecutively, does anybody honestly? Can we look back on that? It's like, could that possibly have been done without a little something? No, something? yeah. Well, I mean, the minute that amphetamines without the game, and and I think we can understand now how prevalent it was in the game, even among guys who were respected because it was just so accepted. Mm-hmm. Now you go in the in the clubhouse. And it's a concoction of five-hour energies and Ambien to get to sleep at night. Oh, I bet. Yeah, Man. and that's just reality. But let's get back to the Red Sox. So, as I said, a, a couple of years ago we talked about this. Well, there's been a, a huge turnovers in players even in the last month. And so when we're going to talk about potential Hall of Famers with the Red Sox, we start with David Ortiz. Uh, I think we both believe Ortiz is, pro- is probably deserving of getting in. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if not for the numbers alone, I mean, he I think he's like 450-something home runs career-wise, mm-hmm. probably a 288 around there. I'm not sure the n- exact numbers, but and we're talking legendary performances. To mm-hmm. me, that's what I'll always remember is legendary performances, and it really doesn't get much bigger than him. Yeah, and, and that's the tricky thing, though, right? The the postseason. How you how do you intera- interject postseason into it? That was an argument when Schilling's debate was going on, and it's sad what's happened to Schilling. To me, Schilling yeah. is in, he's in. I mean, it's sad how, what small percent of the vote. Yeah, he's and that's that's the weird thing is that when Schilling's name came up for debate, it was a lot of people making the case. A lot of people, and then you see the voting come out. I mean, not even close. I mean, the thing about, you look at the voting, Craig Biggio will get in next year. He's like 74.9 yeah. this year. To me, the fact that anybody could look back in that era of baseball and say Craig Biggio had a bigger impact on the game than Kurt Schilling is silly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Kurt Schilling won two World Series, you know, almost by himself, carry both teams. Craig Biggio played for 20-something years, had 200 hits once. And really, I mean, he was just there. I mean, he was a very good player. But to me, if that's what the standard for the Hall of Fame, that's sad. It's longevity. And, and yeah. so the Ortiz thing, you know, the, the thing that 
will probably work against him the most is the position, most likely. And, and to a certain oh, degree— you think so? You think so, the, the DH? Yeah, well, to a certain degree, the era, and to a certain degree, the, the list back in 2003. The list, I think, definitely. Yeah, but— yeah, you but make that, a good point, though, because Edgar Martinez isn't even coming close no, either. No, <laughs> but the, the thing that helps him is Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas getting in, True. and I know he played first for a lot of years, but uh, that helps a little bit. But and I listen. I'm I'm for I'm for the Edgar Martinez. What works against Edgar Martinez to me more than even the position is he played in the heart of the the PD time. Mm. I mean, this is. He, he played fell. on a great team, too, a team that won 114 games and never did anything in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're weighing in a lot of postseason. And that's fair to do that. I mean, the, 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 Bernie Williams, that argument, and, and to the Patriots, there's a bunch of guys in the Patriots when we Paul talk about O'Neill NFL. types, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and you play in a big market, and that helps. But Ortiz, I think that we agree that, that he Absolutely. deserves to be. So the only other one that we can really talk about is Pedroia. Now, here's what I'll say about Pedroia is that if you look up right now, compared the plate appearances, his plate appearances, and Derek Jeter's plate appearances Mm at the same time, which would come out to about the end of May 2003, which is, because I just did this the other day, Mm -hmm. the numbers are almost identical. Really? Yeah. But here's the problem, is that Pedroia has broke down a little bit here recently, and with that type of body, the way that he plays – can he project to have the longevity that Derek Jeter has? But because but right now, if you had to match up those two numbers, mm-hmm. almost identical. Yeah. I mean, I think he could. I mean, he's had a slower year this year, particularly yeah. in the power. I mean, it's almost he's, yeah. he's got nothing when it comes to power. But uh, I, I don't think Pedroia. When I think Pedroia, I don't think Hall of Fame at yeah. all. Not even close. I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be legend, tough. But. It's it's kind of like you know when he won the MVP. It was that it was a was, weak year for the MVP. It was yeah, well, yeah. not only that, but it was think of how many categories he had to lead. To win the MVP, I mean, you're you're not talking. You can have a guy, a power hitter, hit home runs, have RBIs, have slugging percentage, have whatever OPS. But Pedroia had to six or seven categories because of the position he played, mm-hmm. and it's just not typically someone that you vote for MVP. I mean, I love Dustin Pedroia. I think he's gritty. I, I don't think he will break down. I just think he's tougher mentally than a lot of players. Mm-hmm. He does play somewhat recklessly, uh, but it, the, what he has going for him is he plays a weak position. Um, Bill Mazeroski got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, for basically hitting one home run in 1960. Right. That's all anybody remembers him for. Uh, but that's also when other guys weren't hitting as much. That's true. That's true. I mean, you look at the numbers. Jeff Kent is not in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Kent is a great second baseman, 300 something, high 300s for home runs. Mm-hmm. Jeff Kent is a much better baseball player when it's all said and done than Dustin Pedroia was. Offensively, yeah. Offensively, correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and defensively, unfortunately, I'll go back way, way back. This guy named Stuffy McGinnis back in the dead ball era held defensive records at first base for years upon years upon years. Was a kind of a three hundred hitter with no power at all, and he couldn't get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, this guy was maybe the best defensive player that you'll ever find. Yeah. Um, but he played it in offensive. Off the Google him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, believe me, Stuffy McGinnis holds the course Stuffy record. Stuffy McGinnis. Can- Stuffy. Yeah. Stuffy. Stuffy. He, he right. holds the course record at Candlewood and Ipswich. Still. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so. One player that isn't on the Red Sox, because we're really starved for finding players associated with the Red Sox who could possibly be in the Hall of Fame, who's not on the Red Sox, who I want to use to kind of introduce the rest of baseball, which is John Laster. I don't think John Laster is going to be in the Hall of Fame. No. But but 
okay, say he catches fire here, has a year like he had this year for the next five years, which is which is not the norm, and that's the problem. And 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 we were talking before the podcast, and this is why getting pitchers in the Hall of Fame is going to be such a difficult thing. If you talk about potential pitchers right now, playing right now, who would go in the Hall of Fame, we would think what Felix Hernandez. Yep, but he wouldn't. He's not in yet. He's got a long way no, to go. No, he's not yeah, in. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me some others. Uh, the most. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is Clay- one who Clayton seems to be on Kershaw, track. Kershaw, right? Um, and who's only 25, 26 20, years yeah. old? Uh, who Bubba else? Third side, young. Um, is, I mean, even a guy like Zach Grinky's had a few good years. He's dominated. So the point is, is that. We've seen what happens. We've seen what happened. Here's a good one: Justin Verlander. Ver, yeah, Chris Sale. You know, it's like right. he's got, yeah, Verlander's a great but example. But Verlander, what happened to him? If you asked two yeah. weeks ago, yeah. you say he's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Guess what? He's going for an MRI. Yeah. And this could lead to an entirely different pitching. How it's, often do you see a pitcher go from as dominant as Verlander was to having a four plus ERA and then go back to dominant? No, I, can't, I mean I can't recall. Not, not well. He's not without the little Clemens juice. Yeah, well, also not without some major surgery, and 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 not and he. This guy was never Verlander's level, but Lackey, Lackey was a guy who was really good. Pitched with a damaged ligament in his elbow, had the surgery. Now he's coming back and is really good again. Not Hall of Fame, not that level, not but close. but yeah. So can a guy come back and be good? Yeah, Cliff Lee is another example. Cliff Lee. Is a guy who had a really terrible year, came back yeah. and was good. I mean, Cliff Lee spent the first seven or eight years as the, one of the most average yes. pitchers that was just on the in your fantasy league. He was always on the top of the waiver wire, always there. And then all of a sudden, he just became Cliff Lee. Yeah, and I don't know where that came from. No, it, but to your point, I mean, who? So we've named the names. Who? So who is going to be the next pitcher in the Hall of Fame? I have no idea because when you look at it, there's only five current active players that have over 200 wins and usually i mean that's the beginning 200s a minute you can't get anywhere under 200 i would assume mm-hmm. um you have cc you have pettit you have hudson you have halliday and you have the legendary jamie moore halliday will be in you think so i so think halliday's so. got like uh 203 wins i mean he's the lowest of the five of them yeah. you think so i mean halliday's had many many years but he's another guy that just broke down what, what yeah. happened? Yeah, I mean, what, how old? How old is he when he retired? Halliday's still playing. He's still on. He's still in the Phillies. Uh, he, no, Halliday. Halliday. He retired. He retired. Yes. I so he's corrected. done. He's all out right. of the conversation. All right. no, I apologize. No, that's all right. He's done. But I mean, to your point, he broke down. He's done. Yeah, I mean, it's like Halliday. I thought was the model of fitness. He was a guy I looked at. Like that's the guy you want. When when the Red Sox went through their beer and chicken, it's like yeah. we need less of these fat guys and more of these well, guys who are in shape. Believe like, it or not, this is the guy who talking to the guys, the the team trainers and everything. When back it was going good, they said. This is the guy who's we worked with Halliday, and this is the guy who works like Halliday. Mm-hmm. And I guess the point is, and you make the point, you can work hard, you can have the right attitude, but as a pitcher, this isn't a position player. Pitcher, you're going to break down. It's not a natural motion to throw a baseball, it's no. particularly that fast and that many times. Right? You know, it's you can't. Well, uh, especially this day and age, where you're throwing these pitches, we don't know how cutters are. Oh, yeah. People weren't throwing cutters and yeah. and split fingers as much you, as they are. You saw what now. happened with buckles. You lose three or four miles an hour on your velocity, you are done. Mm-hmm. You're, that's the end of your career. Yeah. 
It's, they're becoming like NFL running backs almost. You know, these guys in seven or eight years, and like boom. I mean, they come and they go. I mean, we might never see these Greg Maddox and uh, Tom Glavins ever again. I wish I had the audio of this because I sat down with C.J. Wilson in Anaheim a couple of days ago, and the the premise of my interview with him was was he signed a contract, a, a big contract in his in his thirties. So how does he – he's a very well-spoken guy and introspective. How does he feel about pitchers going in their 30s with these contracts? Mm-hmm. And at the, end of the, at the end of the interview, the last quote he gave was, if you're you, – you can stay healthy if you're a pitcher in your 30s. All you have to do is work at it. Now, I love the quote. I'm going to use the quote. It's a nice cliche. It, it's a nice yeah, cliche yeah, yeah. quote, yeah. but I think you said it. That's not true. Not at all. Not no. even close. I mean, no. it's nice. It sounds good on paper. It does. It's wonderful. I mean, and it will, and, will sound good on I mean, paper I, when I, mean, I when I'm sure I write it. guys like Rudy believe it yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, a, I mean, a lot of these guys try hard. You know, CC Sabathia. I mean, he lost a lot of weight in the offseason. He obviously was dedicated to getting in shape, and he's just as broke down now as he was in the last. I couple do of years. think. I do think that, and this enters in the Lester conversation, which is, I don't think you can paint everyone with the, the broad brush and that this guy is going to, you sign a guy at 30, he's going to break down in three years because Agreed. Cliff Lee did it yeah. or whatever. I think you have to look at throwing motion, the efficiency of throwing motion. And uh, Lackey's a good example. Lackey, you talk to people and say that guy, there's a reason why the guy can throw a long time and probably will pitch for a while because he a very efficient throwing motion. Lester, I think, is somewhat the same way, but we could have said this about Cliff Lee too. I mean, we right. I mean, oh yeah, very very similar throwing motions. I I mean, the the reason that Maddox was able to last so long is not because he was a fast pitcher. I mean, he's famous for being able to place the ball perfectly. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if a guy like Maddox could even survive in Major League Baseball right now. I mean, it's been so long since I've seen Maddox play, but I just remember. I mean, he could put the ball perfectly more than any other. No, pitcher. he didn't. It's not he like didn't he have crazy. to overthrow. He didn't have to. It was the epitome of you don't have to throw hard. You just have to hit the right spots. Yep. It's a cliche. We hear it all the time, yeah. right? Where a lot of guys throw hard, but if you put it in the wrong spot, it's going to get hit. I mean, that was what was so amazing about him. I just I, – I mean, I understand Glavin had movement on his pitches. Yeah. Um, but that – I mean, you just look back and it's like, how did those guys do that for that long? I mean – Maybe there are other things out yeah, there we don't yeah. know, but yeah, I mean everyone's listen, nobody's yeah. beyond suspicion, exactly, quite frankly. You know, exactly. um, but but the odds of us in this day and age with the testing and all whatnot, I just don't know. For we're gonna have to severely in ten years from now, the BBWA is gonna have to severely lower the bar for what a Hall of Fame player is. Well, we have we've you know it comes and it goes, right? I mean, we had the Biggio class last year, now we have this class, obviously a great class. I this believe year. the Pedro class is coming up, right? right? Yeah. Pedro, I mean, that's going to be that's no doubter. Ballot, yeah. it, it comes and it goes, but I think you're right. There's going to be more than just the occasional year we're going to have a down year. We're going to have an extended time where, much like we had to adjust to the steroid years numbers. We have to adjust to the non-steroid yeah, year now. Absolutely, and that's when when people say that you know the juicers shouldn't get in and all this stuff. I just say set the bar higher for them. You know, the, when I look back on it, I mean, these are the guys that I watched growing up. Yes, many of them were cheaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I assume all of them were. But for me, the fact that you know, Mike Piazza is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get that because Mike Piazza redefined that position for me growing up. Catcher was the position that you played um, when you were just a sturdy rock. But Tony Payne, you played catcher for Red Sox when I was growing up. That's what I thought a catcher oh, yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and then this guy Piazza comes along, like sixty second round draft pick. Tommy Lasorda is like great nephew or whatever, and he just redefines a 
position and guys like that aren't getting in, who's yeah. going to get in 10 years from now? No, you know? you're right. And, and especially when you start, it becomes totally subjective. You compare numbers. And, and I have this kind of flawed argument, I guess, or litmus test, which is you take MVP voting. It, it was the best I could do, right? Yeah. yeah. Because when, when everyone was talking about Jim Rice, I looked at it as, well, in 10 years, he finished in the top 10 in MVP voting six times. And I'm not going to compare his numbers to someone 10 years from him because yeah. that was a steroid year. Yeah. To me, it was dominance in his era. Yeah. It is a flawed kind of method, but I think it's a good place to start. So dominance you're, you're, in his you favor Jim Rice getting in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, listen, there's longevity. I understand the argument for longevity. Dwight Evans would fall under that, um, even though he, he had very good numbers in the 80s. But dominance in an if you're not going to go with the longevity, dominance in an era, um, I, I think that that kind of helps you separate from the statistical argument that yeah. it gets so convoluted because of the steroids. Now, stuff. what I when, when you bring up Jim Rice, that's another beef I have with the BBWA. These I can't stand these people. Yeah, and I'm sure they're wonderful people. Uh, well, and all this but is the, but, but professionally, this is, this is because you listen to too much talk radio. Yes, and and the people who are not in well, the BBWA. It's also because I see the numbers every year, and the fact that some guy can go from like I forget. Let's say Schilling got 25 percent of the MVP vote this. I mean, uh, Hall of Fame vote this right. year. If Schilling makes it into the Hall of Fame, they're all frauds. Because oh. I'm sorry, how can you vote for somebody one year and then not vote for the next? They make up these rules as they go along. A lot of these guys say, "Well, I don't vote people." In on the first time, I don't think any of these three guys was unanimous. I mean, who are you to just make? I mean, who do you think you are that you can just make up these rules? Well, also, well, you know, the, the, it, the problem is when it's it's too subjective, which isn't the the rules aren't defined enough mm. in the voting. Then that's where you get people saying, "Well, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way," and. You know, in regards to voting, yes, if you vote for somebody, you should be locked in that person yep. the rest of the time. Um, and the reason why, and I absolutely agree with you. I I hate it too. I hate. I also hate the. I'm going to vote for a guy because I liked him, or he was very nice, or might keep Poppy out. By the way, who might keep David Ortiz out? The whole personality thing. I mean, don't Man. you think that p- could potentially happen? Uh, he rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, we love him here. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's a good one, though, because we think of it through the prism of here, but but now you know, shilling you, you, too. It's well, like shilling rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah, but here's the thing, and this is where I was going to get to the point of of guys moving up in the balloting in the voting. Burt Blylevin, perfect example. So with Burt Blylevin, he kept going up and up and up and mm-hmm. up and until he got on. So every single time that he was not voted in, what did you hear? It was like you look forward to it. Burt Blylevin bitching about not getting in. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Passive-aggressively, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know what? Fine. I do, don't <laughs> don't worry about like my my awesome numbers. Yeah. Don't worry about But every single time on the radio, right after, oh, yeah. they call up Burt Blylevin is bitching about, and you know what it did? It surfaced. It made people aware of, wait a second, we're looking up Burt Blylevin. He wasn't that bad. but And he kept moving up, kept moving up. So my point with Schilling is that, Right now, obviously, he's sick, but if he had kept in the media, that helps. The, 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 the staying in the consciousness of people after you get out, that helps. I mean, but, but what, what you're saying, my problem with what you're saying there is that, like, it takes your name to be out there for people to just look at your numbers. I mean, that's your job. You're a BBWA Hall of Fame voter. It's like, oh, I forgot about Kurt Schilling. Oh, yeah, you know what? He is pretty good. Like, what's wrong with you? I, I, <laughs> I totally understand. I mean, I, I am 
100% in agreement with what, you. What did you think about what Lebetard did this year? Uh, with his vote? Oh, with selling, with selling the vote? I loved it, personally. Uh, yeah, I, 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 th- I, I didn't thought, love I, it. I, I thought it was a good ballot. Yeah, I didn't... Yeah, well, that's but it, but you know what though? It's it, it, he shouldn't. He, there has to be some element of being able to earn the vote. Now, I understand you'll let you say like, well, you know this this is an organization full of frauds, and a lot of these people haven't earned anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand that, <laughs> but you have to wait. You have to be in this organization for ten years, mm-hmm. okay, to um, to get a vote. Yeah. And so that's an ex- that's a long period of time. I actually think they should cut it back to five because what's happening is that you're getting people who aren't even, you know, you got to get younger people. You got to get people mm-hmm. who are looking at advanced stats, yep, advanced absolutely. metrics more. Um, so anyway, I just think that you have to earn. You should be able to earn. This is an ideal world. You have to earn the vote, mm-hmm. and then once you get that vote, you should do everything you can to make the most of that vote. And and I did. And and whether there's a protest or whatever, I just I have a problem with it because it takes so many people like yourself. I mean, you would love a Hall of Fame vote, right? I mean, well, they put that Lebatar put his vote to the people. Yeah. They chose the ten most worthy guys, I believe, that should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but you know what? Have the people just give you advice, and then you make you've earned that vote. Right, all right. Um, I it, on paper it sounds great. Like it, certainly, you're a man of the people, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. the revolution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we should mention Turtle Boy Sports. Yeah, the Turtle Boy Sports Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it's it, but it's it's. I don't disagree with what you're saying about it being fraudulent. I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I I would like to say that I do, but I I don't because I have a problem with these people who give these these token votes to B.J. Serhoff. Oh whatever. yeah, or you know, or like some of the Eric Gagne got votes. Yeah, Eric yeah, Gagne. It's, it's like you, to me that's you're you're not taking it serious. Yeah. Um, and in and, and I have people like you mentioned before not being consistent. It. it whether you're not, you're going to vote for the steroid guys or not vote for the steroid guys. That's up for debate, and mm-hmm. it's, and that's going to keep some guys out. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question. Um, but it's it's just like the 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 Cy Young, the MVP, these things. Oh yeah. It some people just aren't taking it serious enough. Mm-hmm. What was the one? Um, uh, was it Farrell? Who did they add on this year? Like people not voting Farrell in the top three manager after last year and winning the World Series, uh, there was a couple MVP votes that were like, "What are you talking?" I mean, about? yeah. When you look at some of these, and there's another topic that. Yeah. No, I mean, I was the rider of the train to get Koji Uehara the mm. Cy Young last year. Yeah. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, what was it? In uh, Eric Gagne won the Cy Young, and yeah. I think it was like 2003. Koji's numbers were better than his. Yeah. And. There was this last year was one year where the most dominant pitcher really wasn't that. I mean, we've seen more dominant than Max Scherzer was last year. He had a high, somewhat high ERA for a Cy Young winner. Um, and uh, I thought, but I do agree that Farrell should not have been. I think Joe Girardi is the best manager. Well, that's that's, that's in fine, League, but, but I mean, I think that if if you know the guy won the World Series out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. and if you want to vote him third, fine, I don't care. Yeah, I would put him third. I would put. Girardi, then I would put Francona, and then I would put yeah, Farrell. Yeah, but the, the, and they had on uh, the Japanese writer, and uh, the reasoning was, I think they voted for Buck Showalter. Um, she voted for Buck Showalter just because she likes Buck Showalter. Oh, I don't, gosh. I couldn't remember what it was. But but anyway, it's in, you talk about Koji, 
and I, I, what I had was MVP voting. I voted him, I think, 10th. You're going to vote 10 guys. Yeah. So I voted him 10th. I like it. I, I like think, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think to your point, I did think I, I think I voted Scherzer like nine and him 10th, but it was such an aberration of a year. And that's what you have to factor in. But we're getting off topic yeah. because of the Hall of Fame stuff. Um, Just so much to talk about. Yeah. You know? Well, it's good. It's good. I mean, this is the this is the best kind of conversations. I mean, this is a baseball conversation. That's the best thing about. And that's baseball. what base part best part about baseball is it's very quantifiable. Yeah. There's so many numbers to look at. Yeah, but but that's where the conversations have changed because it's not. I mean, we don't know what to make of the numbers. <laughs> that's going to be the weird thing, you know. Looking back, it's like I remember ten years ago looking back at, you know, you would think who's currently getting the Hall of Fame. I can name twenty guys that were currently active, like the Ken Griffey Juniors of the world, Frank Thomas, all these people. Now I look at who's active. I think it's Cheater and Poppy, and everyone else has well, work to do. Well, and so what people would say, well, how can you leave Miguel Cabrera out? Because well, he's the, not there yet. Right. Yeah. Well, the point is, is that if his hip fell off yeah. tomorrow- I mean, he is a model of fitness. Yeah. You well, know, we all know exactly. that. So Exactly. <laughs> Listen, Babe Ruth was a model. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to hold that <laughs> against him. But it's it's he had this hip problem. If that flares up over the next couple of years, then it's up for debate. It's just like- the opposite, Adrian Beltre, surprisingly, everyone's surprised when you bring up him in the Hall of Fame. He's on my list of, you know, no, he's, he's well, getting up there. He's well, climbing. I tell you what, if he keeps doing what he's doing. How old is he? He's 35. Oh, he's got a couple of years left. Yeah, yeah, well, but when he signed with Texas, everyone's like, he's going to break down. He's going to break down mm-hmm. because he plays hard. He has hamstring issues. Well, he hasn't. I mean, he's gotten hurt, You're right. but he has a, a remarkable ability to play through injuries and play effectively through injuries. If he's able to do that for yeah. another three or four years, why not? Numbers you know, are there. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a 400 home run guy, yeah. and 400 home runs is going to be and, the new bar hits, ten years from right? now. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. The thing about him is, you know, you look at Beltre. Remember when we had him for the one year? He was awesome, and I obviously wanted him back, uh, but they went another direction. He had only done that for about two years at that point. He had that one breakout year in L.A. Because well, he was a bust before well, he that. Was the, yeah, the pillow. Oh, I mean, the pillow contract. That that was the whole thing yeah. coming off the Mariners, where he was terrible, and and that's why they signed the yep. one year. Yep. And so it was like because he stood out as like a red flag for juice mm-hmm. because he that's very strange when stuff like that sure. happens. But he's doing it. He's still doing it. Yeah. And, and so you're looking at you're right. Jeter Ortiz in the conversation. Beltre's in the conversation. Cabrera obviously Can, in the. What about conversation. a guy like Canerco, a 400 something home run guy yeah. already? You know, yeah. that's your. You don't think of Paul Canerco and Hall Canerco. Of Fame, I put dude. he's a Biggio to me. He's yeah. a guy that's just right on a cusp. But now you got to draw the line somewhere. You know what I mean? And you brought up a couple others in. And so the other lesson, the lesson to be learned here is that people can fall off the face of the earth in a cliff because the guys, if we, the young players who we said, oh, like we were just in An- Anaheim and Mike Trout's out there. Yeah. And we're referencing as, oh, p- potential future Hall of Famer. He's 22 <laughs> He's years old. Such a long way right? to go. And, and Kershaw, know. the same thing. Yeah. I mean, those guys aren't even close yet. No. They have so much work to do. No, but 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 we're so quick to classify them at, at that. And what's Pool? What, what do you? Pool, I apologize. I, I just thought of them. He's in obviously no brainer. Yeah, I mean, you, he's you done can, it long enough. Five hundred seventeen, eighteen home runs. He's got, and it's insane. And yet he's tailed off a little bit. But he picked it up this year, surprisingly. He's a, yeah, he's okay. But it's it, he's done enough where he can have yes. years like he's having this yep. year and still get in. Yep. So, um. Yeah, is there anybody else? I mean, I look at my list here, and it's like, well, A-Rod's going to be a problem. And yeah. that's going to be a totally different story. But uh, Beltron, 
is high on the list, 373. Yeah. Boy, I don't think, I don't think Hall of Fame, Fame would him no. either. I mean, he was so good 10 years ago when yeah. he was young and he was stealing bases, um, which actually might help in the stolen base factor. Uh, Giambi? Yeah. You know, you know the, prob- the problem is, well, there's a lot of problems, is that the guy like Giambi is, you know, obviously he – he played right in the heart of Juice. Was tied to it. Um, he was the face of it. <laughs> face of it had huge numbers. Almost, yeah, and and now the last couple of years he's hung on. He's he's over forty now. Yeah, I think, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hung on because he's a good clubhouse guy. Yep. He and they like him having him around, useful pinch hitter, blah blah blah. But he's been doing it for a few years now. So our image of him, along with the other stuff, is maybe slanted a little bit. It shouldn't be. We, because at the end of the day, we should just take a look at it and say this is what it is. Yeah, but it's it's a tough. It's a great it's a great subject. I mean, I don't haven't really thought about it that what a drop off there's going to be because so many guys are getting hurt. Yeah, they're going to have to lower the bar. Yeah, it's particularly for pitchers. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah, boy, it's. I don't know how they did this before. Like, how did these guys win 300 games? To me, that's fascinating. Yeah, how they could do that for that long. Well, you know, even like a guy was Schilling pitched till he was 38, 38 around. Yeah, there. something like that. And Schilling wasn't dominant for that many years. I mean, Schilling's no. going to get in for his postseason performances. Um, you know, his grittiness. Um, I think he's a 200 game winner, I believe. But his ERA is somewhat high. Here's here's the thing: is that we look at and and the conversation has been so prevalent because of the John Lester um, situation. And about the signing 30-year-old pitchers, 30-year-old pitchers to yeah. long-term contracts. Well, here's the reason why the hesitancy is is because we're talking, we're sitting here, and we're having a hard time finding pitchers who are pitching over past 35. Yeah. I mean, pitching are, effectively, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a really difficult time mm-hmm. doing it. Um, so you can understand the hesitancy. And there's always going to be the outlier, though. There's always going to be the one, two, three guys. It's mm-hmm. just who are they going to be? And and to your point, it's hard identifying those guys right now. Felix Hernandez. I mean, he's dominating. He's yeah. dominating, but look at the number of pitches that he has thrown. Yep. How old is Felix? 27? He's high 20s. High 20s, he's up yeah, there. Yeah, he's up there, and, yeah. and he's signed the long-term deal. But he has thrown. I mean, because he's, he's started, had seasons where he's broken down too. I believe there's been a couple. I mean, fantasy wise, I always remember Felix it, Hernandez. Somebody you want got to keep an eye on. Yeah. Well, and he started pitching the major leagues at such a young young age. Sabathia. I mean, if you got to Sabathia's late twenties into even mm-hmm. probably like thirty, you say, oh yeah, no, he's going to go down that road. He's going to go down the road. Well, I, I thought CC would last just because of his size, but I was wrong. Yeah, you know? and, and it's weird because you know you're talking about knees and and it's just there's so to come back to your original point, it is not a natural act. Not at all. I knew this from pitching in the media game just oh, the yeah. other day. Oh, so believe me, it's like <laughs> it's, I, you throw, I throw the baseball around for ten minutes and I'm like I need to put ice oh, on my shoulder. It, well, it's everything. Like, you know? It's like <laughs> it's you, everything your butt, your legs, everything. But it's a great conversation. And uh, and before we go, I just want to. I always love your rants. I, you, you're great at ranting. Turtleboysports.com. You're great at ranting. You you rant in print form. You rant on podcasts. You rant on the air. So what is your biggest rant? What is this thing get sticking in your craw today? Well, right now, uh, Reddit puts these maps out. Uh, uh, they pull fans in every state and ask them which team they hate the most in whatever sport. And today the one they put out was for college basketball. And I am a UMass diehard fan. Yes. I go to all the games. I uh, love them. But 
obviously that means I hate Boston College. And I was so happy today when I looked at that map and saw the most hated team in Massachusetts is BC. I felt so vindicated because growing up, I was force fed Boston College. You turn on, you know, sports highlights. It's like, oh, here's what BC. I literally didn't even know UMass existed as a school until I was like 12. And they started making the tournament. And I said, what is this? U-? I was fascinated by it. What is this UMass team? This is fun. <laughs> Kyle Perry and guys going around and Marcus Camby, Lou Rowe. This is awesome. And I fell in love with that team. Hookers and, and money. And- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the, all the good <laughs> yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, but. You know, when they were in the final four, I, I was I was in eighth grade. The world stopped. You know, it was mm-hmm. all anybody talked about. Um, Boston College doesn't have the ability to get that type of enthusiasm because it's an inclusive group. I mean, it's an exclusive group. Mm-hmm. It's such a small group of people. Whereas UMass is our state school, and I thought last year when they made the tournament, I mean, that thing that was so important for them that they have to do it again this year. They well, have to. Build so on your that. point is, so when this list came out, most hated college team in in massachusetts you were petrified it was going to be umass i thought it, i thought there was a chance it would be UMass. But here's here's my argument okay here's the counter argument that will make you sad oh god well i mean a big part of that is apathy yeah i mean you're you only hate the people you care about yeah and so so i think that umass if they did come back and they were on that list of being hated that wouldn't be a bad thing because I want to be hated. I wanted right, well, I wanted UMass to be. I was so disappointed when I looked at Rhode Island, yeah. and it wasn't UMass. Like yeah. who else? If you live in you Rhode Island, who you know you are you you are I fan. You don't. I'm they Syracuse. Yeah. Like, what do you have against Syracuse? If you live in Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, you know, I was almost offended by that. You know. <laughs> well, someday you will be hated once again. I want to be hated. I mean, that's <laughs> the best part about living in Boston is that we are. The, I'm going to go to Buffalo in about uh, for the Patriots game in about two months. Yep. And I cannot wait to be hated. I cannot <laughs> wait to be called names. And I, you know, that's the best part about being a Boston fan. Well, speaking for, uh, as someone who is hated all the time, we will do another podcast. I'm looking about forward being to being hated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Turtle Boy, for all joining right. us. Thanks for having me, Rob. Turtle Boy Sports. Com. Go to it, and uh, we'll be back for another podcast very, very soon. New on Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are.